welcome to Media Roots Radio. I'm your host, Abby Martin. And I'm your host, Robbie Martin. So a lot has happened since I feel like I start off every time saying this. So a lot has happened since we last talked and we're not able to do a podcast because we both are doing a lot of other stuff. My brother's working on a ridiculously long, epic documentary series, and I am too, pretty much, called The Empire Files. Every week is a new chapter. So it's totally insane. Um, and yeah, I, I sincerely apologize for not getting these out more frequently. I know that everyone really likes them. and. Um, thank you for all of your patience, and we're really, really going to try after there's crazy events like, I mean, God, there's been so many. Like, we, we said that we wanted to do one right after the Paris attacks, but then the San Bernardino thing happened, and it was just like, damn. There's just like one after the other, you know? <clears throat> yeah, so we finally got hit by ISIS. Yeah, so, um, so we, we did. Civilization got hit by barbarism. I love how, like, everyone in the aftermath is just like, well, biggest terrorist attack since 9 11 in, in America. You're like, what? This is, first of all, we have no Wait, idea. Wait, they talk about the San Bernardino yes. shooting that's being that? Yes. Oh my God, yeah. that is so fucking yeah. idiotic. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That's what they're saying, Robbie. Aren't you scared now? So, what's the difference? So what exactly makes this an Islamic terror? Well, we should go into that. Okay. Okay. So first, first let's talk about Paris. I know that you did an isolated podcast where you're just, you know, discussing just the insane vitriol and reactionary tendencies that everyone has to just bash Muslims and and blame all Muslims collectively for the actions of um, a couple of psychopaths. So I know that you kind of covered some of that in your solo podcast, which everyone should check out. We'll link to it on the timeline right now, but... I mean, the Paris thing, A, it was just really disturbing because, you know, it just seems like whenever something happens in the West, it's like the biggest fucking deal in the world, you know, Paris. Um, but, you know, these attacks that just happened in Iraq and, and Beirut just the, in, in the mere days before and there was not nearly a peep. It's because it's Muslim countries. You know, there's brown people that live there. So it's just like, whatever, it's par for the course. They're all killing each other. Black on black violence. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like there's less there, of a... Like car bombings yeah. all the time in, in Middle Eastern countries that kill hundreds of people. Yeah. In like one one shot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that the, the, the Paris one would be singled out is pretty much... I mean, it is based on like Anglo... Amer like western like narcissism that that's like this is like the biggest thing you know to hit us it's like who's us like white western civilization you know it's just it's very narcissistic to me right but right again a lot of people died i mean it's this very sad tragic thing but it's like the way people are hoisting it up and the way people are trying to like symbolize it and stuff is very um disgusting to me um it reminds me a lot of 9-11, uh, the way that like French people are responding to the Paris attacks. It reminds me of the way that some dumber Americans responded to our attacks here. You know what else is really weird? I just realized, like, I don't know if this was ever conclusive. It seems like the Russian government certainly thinks it's conclusive. But the plane that like 300 people died, I, I swear to God, I never even heard like another word about it. It's like, do we not care about Russian lives, lives either? It's just like, because we hate Russia right now, like, that isn't a big deal? That, like, supposedly that an, ISIS downed a plane from leaving? That was an interesting one, because cause when when the plane first went down, it was like the news didn't say how it happened, even while Russia was saying that it was ISIS had bombed this plane. Shouldn't they be, like, 
glamoring, like glom, glomming onto it. Exactly. And saying, which is, which, which speaks to, again, a very confusing media landscape that like doesn't line up necessarily with what's going on. I mean, even like the events themselves seem contradictory. So first the plane gets shot down by ISIS allegedly. And then the American media just acts like it was still a mystery. But then all of a sudden after the Paris attacks happen, like a week later, they're like, oh yeah, this is the one of two major ISIS terrorist attacks. It's like, wait, but a week ago you guys were saying that it was that it wasn't ISIS, that it was just a, still a mystery how this plane crashed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was very odd that all of a sudden they were like on the same page of Russia, like right afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah, but that but that they still didn't make a big deal out of it. You know, it's like it's a huge. No, they didn't. Thing. They only made like, a big deal about, about that? it for like two days. But like, but like, but, we're still talking about the fucking plane that was shot down by some rebel sect on the ground in Ukraine. Oh, the MH17, the book shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. how come, it's like, you would think that this would be perfect for the narrative. They'd just be like hysterical over it. But it just seemed like because it was Russia, no one really gave a fuck. It was kind of crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, I that is really interesting. Um, because, I mean, if you really want to, Mm-hmm. You want to capitalize on these fears, you would mention both of them at the same time. Yeah, but it's like the Russia, like L- Russia fear, like peaks the ISIS thing. It's like they know that they can't really <laughs> have you empathize with Russia too much. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And like before Russia was dealing with their own unique version of like Islamic terrorism that we weren't dealing with. You know, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, they, they claim that they've been fighting Islamic terrorism, like for the past 20 years or whatever, right. like Chechens and, you know, so, uh, but, but now it's like they're, they're, you know, ISIS is now like in their crosshairs along with the United States. So like, we're both, you know, supposed, we're supposed to be fighting the same like Islamic terrorist like group now. Right. Um, whereas before we were all each sort of dealing with our own ones, um, so it is strange, like what, I mean, it's, there's so many weird fucking politics going on behind the scenes Yeah, that I, we can only speculate. Like, why does it seem like sometimes Russia and the United States right now are like allies for like a day on some plan to do something. And then the next day it'll be like, oh, Russia's just bombing all of the U.S.'s like rebels. You know, like the news will claim that like Russia is actually like bombing the FSA and not, not bombing ISIS. Yeah. So there's all these like there's counter propaganda coming out. So I it's very confusing. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, obviously, like the U.S. doesn't bomb civilians. Russia bombs civilians. What? Yeah. Or I'm that even sorry, like they're implying that on the ground there. They're even implying that like Russia's only job over there is not only to protect Assad by bombing all the other rebel forces, but also like not bombing ISIS. That's like the really far neocon like mythic thing that's be, trying to be built. Is that somehow Russia's over there? Just to protect Assad and is actually like not doing anything. Well, to ISIS, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I kind of, of course, I mean, it's just absurd because it's like, yeah, sorry that some of these rebel fighters are like with ISIS. It's like, yeah, yeah sorry like that some of the FSA it's got like bombed. It's like they're with there's like people that are with ISIS there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. it's totally a gray area. Like, I don't really know what the hell is going on. Um that's a really interesting Lawrence Wilkerson I just interviewed Colin Powell's former chief of staff who wrote the UN speech um basically that sold us that was like the the linchpin to get us into Iraq but anyway he he brought up Syria and he was just saying you know this is not the first time that in that like we've had like an intelligence hoax 
and he like talked about the Gulf of Tonkin. He said this is not the first and not the last time that that there's a hoax of intelligence from the intelligence agency that 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 fixes a narrative to try to get us in a war. And he and he and then he talking about the chemical weapons. Yeah, he immediately brought up the Assad chemical weapons thing, and he was like, he talked wow. to every single person that he knew there and and outside of the u.s and they said that not one person had conclusive evidence that it was assad who used the chemical weapons he was just like i just don't believe it at all um but it was just funny that you know here he is talking about how that that wasn't true i know that he's been like totally radicalized by his experience but it's also funny that he he was also like using mental gymnastics to rationalize the fact that saddam was a bad guy and that like if he had wmds it would have been bad and it was like but here you're talking about how what is this red line? What is this stupid arbitrary red line? And why does it justify like illegally invading and occupying any sovereign nation? You know, so it was just like a weird contradictory thing. But yeah, he didn't believe it. Um, n none of it makes any sense. I don't, uh, it, it is so confusing. And when you're talking about how there's like goals that should be aligned, it's just so interesting how, um, you know, the narrative is that like Russia is fucking up our fight against ISIS. It's like, what? Why? No, it's just it's, that Russia no, uses Syria as, as, as... Yeah, go on. Well, let, let's... I mean, the guy who's mostly pushing this narrative is a, is a guy, writer for the Daily Beast named Michael Weiss, who's mm -hmm. also pushing it in all these other outlets. And it kind of, like, got picked up, you know, because it's really enticing to pick up neocon propaganda. If you're, like, a neocon or someone who's, like, pro-US, like, anti-Russian, and you see that article, you'd probably, like, you know, repost it or something. Mm -hmm. So... So this article went viral, basically him saying that Russia is um, like one. He wrote one weird ass article about how Russia is importing Cuban troops into <laughs> Syria <laughs> and that Adam Johnson kept asking him, where is your proof? This is totally made up. And he I mean, never that's responded. Hilarious. Like, so he he's just, like trying to link in Cuba. Yeah. Wow. It's just they're just going that's balls amazing. to the wall, like completely yeah. just it's like cartoonish level myth making mm -hmm. at this point. It's almost like Peter Pomerantsev and Michael Weiss are trying to outdo each other, like in some kind of That's like insane. war of uh, fake propaganda. <laughs> oh my but God. The reason I bring up Michael Weiss is because he and Bellingcat were both like at the forefront of like trying to quote prove that Assad launched chemical weapons against his own people. That's how they became like came mm -hmm. onto the scene and made a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. And where did they appear again? as they're like one of their main like things or expertise like points of expertise to try to prove something happened it was mh17 mm. in both instances there was no proof offered to us but the point was it didn't really need to be it's just we needed to shove down our throats in both instances that uh, that assad launched chemical weapons against his own people russia shot down a commercial airliner um and that that was what they wanted to force us into thinking like the day that it happened right in both instances without proof coming in without um conclusive evidence coming in right and you know and mh17 yeah. is a little bit more up in the air like that to me could make sense how a russian separatist could have shot that down it also could make sense to me how ukrainian uh jet could have shot it down ukraine has a history of shooting down their own airliners you know, but there's a lot of there's that's that's a whole convoluted rabbit hole in its of of itself. You mm -hmm. know, um, so the but the point remains that they didn't care what the evidence showed. They wanted us to believe certain things like right out of the gates, um, and for some reason these two like non government employee like 
very popular propagandists online, like citizen, you know, Bellingcat's a so-called citizen journalist, um, basically providing the evidence that the government didn't have or something. It's just so strange. But uh, that's where the world we're living in right now, where I actually see people from like an experimental electronic music magazine posting Bellingcat things on Twitter like they're legitimate. Like it just blows my mind that's sometimes. Insane. But yeah, it is insane. Um, and and before we get back to Paris, because I do definitely want to talk more about Paris, but I wanted to also bring up Turkey, because of course Turkey, you know, shoots down this Russian pilot and then kills him as he's like parachuting down. Um, and I think that this is significant, a because Turkey is like this official NATO ally, right? They're in NATO. They're like supposedly supposed to be this, I don't know, well-respected country that somehow adheres to human rights and stuff but but in reality i mean erdogan's cabinet is vile and i wanted to remind everyone a little kind of underreported story that happened i don't know i think in march or something of last year when the obama administration April. was itching to get into syria bomb syria you know the the bombing assad and and regime change didn't work so they had to to switch it about isis but at that time during that conversation there was a phone call that was leaked that was recorded in Erdogan's cabinet where they were talking about how they wanted to stage a false flag attack and blow up the tomb of Suleiman Shah, a sacred tomb, sacred ancient tomb that's kind of like, I don't I don't think it's a disputed territory, but it's like this like in-between territory between Syria and Turkey. And they were actually going to blow up the tomb and blame it on like Syrian fighters so they can have a justification to get into Syria. And what was interesting about that, and I'll link to a video that I did about it on the timeline, but the most interesting part about that tape was the lack of um, discussion about the contents of the conversation and that every mainstream media outlet reported on the tape saying there was an embarrassing tape leaked of Erdogan talking about how he wanted war with Syria. No one at all other than like one outlet reported on the actual contents of the tape where they were talking about they were going to stage an attack and blame it on Syria. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's brings up that interesting point we've talked about before, how when other countries actually blatantly are involved in like false flag attacks or they're planning them or whatever, the U S media here seems like surprisingly like cautious about mentioning that word yeah. even, yeah. or even like mentioning the real, like trying to spell out the premise um, that it all, it, I mean, in a similar way, when Litvinenko was poisoned with polonium and he was dying in the hospital, um, all the media kept talking about is how Russia killed, you know, Putin, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. assassinated this guy. And, and they never mentioned that this guy was actually writing a book that had like the word false flag in the title about how like, or no, it had like the word inside job in the title mm -hmm. about how the Russian apartment building bombings this uh, Litvinenko thought were an inside job done by the FSB. And I don't remember ever hearing that on the press here. Right. And I find that fascinating. Why weren't, why wasn't that like completely part of the same story? That's like, that adds all the context. Oh my God. To, yeah. So oh my God. Yeah. The fact that they would omit that is very suspicious to me. Um, and strange. then, and then know, did I you can't hear, quite explain it. Did you hear, and then, and then going back to Turkey, there's all this, the Guardian just reported that Turkey's basically buying ISIS oil supplies and that there's all of this crazy stuff going between the border where um, fighters are getting smuggled, how they're buying the oil. Um, it's very, very crazy. There's a 900 mile border with Syria and Turkey um, that's basically being used as a gateway 
for all of this to happen. Um, press TV journalist Serena Shim last year as well was trying to report on this and then ended up mysteriously getting killed. <clears throat> but it was like in Turkey and no one gave a shit. And plus she was a press TV journalist. So it was like no one even acknowledged her. You know, but it yeah. was really suspicious. And then now here we are where there's like actual evidence coming out that she was initially trying to say was happening. Um, and it's just crazy. It's like, why are we allowing like, shouldn't this be like of concern by world leaders that are in NATO saying, wait, we're all lined to fight ISIS. Turkey's actually like complicit in helping foster ISIS in this region. Yeah. And then and here's the funny thing, because Russia is making the accusation um, people who like to basically lie, like journalists who like to like manipulate the narrative or who like to like, they're do like not reporting on it. Narrative. Not that they're not reporting on it here. I'll give you an example of how they're reporting on it. So yeah. this is an article in vice news. I saw it was actually, <laughs> for some reason it was the one that annoyed me the most out of what I saw about anything about what you're talking about. The title of the headline of the article is I know you are, but what am I Turkey, Russia and the Islamic States oil. And the whole um, article proceeds to basically make it seem like Putin and Turkey are just uh, they're just bullying each other and both sides are being like babyish and both sides are wrong and blah, blah, blah. It's like and it doesn't even mention anything about um, it's it's funny because there's all these opportunities for them to mention in it, like different aspects of the U.S. being involved and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't mention anything. It's almost like they just go out of their way to like somehow like take the United States involvement in Syria and this whole situation, like out of the equation to write this story. And I thought that was very bizarre. Um, it is very bizarre. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I was really annoyed by the article. Um, I kind of called the guy out on Twitter and then he kind of just laughed it off. Like I was like being hyperbolic, but I mean, it's fucking, if you read the article, it's like, it's just another example of like how, how how biased the media is against russia basically i mean it's not not that yeah. that's a surprise <laughs> right right you know what i mean i mean right. it's just more more of that but uh and and let's go back to paris because um you know when when the j sui charlie um thing happened and and the charlie abdo uh, headquarter was was attacked and then now this you know i was just like thinking why why is it that france is getting like the the focus of this ISIS stuff, and you know, on a side note, like everyone's like hysterical about refugees. None none of these instances had anything to do with refugees. All right, like <laughs> let's get that straight. Um, but anyway, the Paris thing. I think that people should understand why there's like a different climate when it, when it comes to the Muslim population in in France. Um, first of all, there was the Algerian War in the fifties where you know, these, these groups were battling for independence for more than a century of French rule. And basically it just became extremely disenfranchised. The whole Muslim community after that war became extremely disenfranchised. There was a secular yeah. mandate where all of the customs were ostracized and, you know, you can't wear a niqab. Um, we know about that French opera that had to stop and say, get the fuck out to the woman in the niqab, you know, Palestinian rallies are, kind of not uh, allowed and stuff so there's a lot of different things going on in france there's riots all the time that that the hostility and the levels of tension there between muslims and westerners <clears throat> is is a lot different i think than i mean especially in america but i think a lot of other european countries too absolutely and i think this is really this is this is to me is actually really strange um 
Because remember when 9-11 happened, even people back then were talking about the Mujahideen and some of the history behind that Mm -hmm. and the context for that. When the Paris attacks happened recently, people mentioned the Algerian war and how there's a lot of like resentment against Muslims in the country. But I don't remember very many people mentioning what's referred to as the Paris massacre of 1961, where Algerian protesters and just regular protesters, um, they, they call them the pro-national liberation front. Algerians were demonstrating in the streets of Paris, 30,000 of them, Whoa. and over 200 of them were massacred in the streets. And their bodies went into the, um, uh, the River Seine uh, in Paris. Like they were being like pulled from the river. That's how many like bodies were, uh, were there. Paris admitted, or the Paris authorities, the French authorities later admitted in 1998, after 37 years of denial, um, that there were only 40 deaths that they caused. But most people think it was around 200. That's insane. Like 200 I innocent totally people gunned that. down. I remember Chris Hedges talked yeah. about that. Oh, my God. So I forgot it was so it's, recent. It's actually kind of interesting how that's not even mentioned at all. I'm not saying that that's why these attacks happen, but it's like you got to ha- you got to put things in context. Like fucking there's been some crazy shit French has done to like Muslims. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that just like ISIS is strengthening and attacking everyone in the world. It's like, there's different dynamics happening within each country that is cultivating or fostering different acts of terrorism. Like, and, and it's just under the blanket of ISIS that just happened to be under the blanket of ISIS. I don't know if al-Baghdadi directed that. One really interesting thing that happened after the Paris attacks is of course, you know, no one's learning from the mistakes of America and these draconian measures that were installed right after the attacks and the evisceration of all of our civil liberties and whatever so of course paris is now in a state of emergency france is in a state of emergency there was this huge climate conference that happened right after the attacks and so of course they applied this like no public gatherings um they're they've banned public demonstrations for at least three months and so then they use oh, all of these measures against these like, climate activists like all of these crazy anti-terrorism stuff Oh, I know. For like yeah, wanton arrest and detention now. So this is this is what's happening right now. Um, and I don't know how much worse it's going to get. But I just, yeah, if anyone is in France or Paris, it would be interesting to hear just what is actually going on and how crazy the climate is right now. Um, it's just really, really, really sad. It's horrible. It's so, horrible to see So that's this. still in effect, the, this, yeah. this ban on protests? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, um, it's so funny, isn't it? That, um, neocons, I just actually found this out. I didn't, I didn't know that they had done this, but in 2004, when the Beslan school siege mm-hmm. happened in Russia, mm-hmm. neocons wrote a letter to PNAC, not just neocons, but PNAC wrote a letter to, um, NATO and the EU saying that they're very concerned that Russia is going to use the terrorist attacks to like erode their civil liberties over there. <laughs> Whoa. And they and the whole thing was basically like trying to like present America as like morally superior. Like after nine eleven, here we didn't let go of our civil liberties, you know. But it, I mean, we did, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's just so funny that they would never write anything like that about Paris, right? You know, and, and because they know the president Hollande or whatever the fuck his name is, like an insane neocon, right? And guess what else they did? Do shit they like. Guess what else they did? They not only banned public protests for three months, but here here's from a Truth Out article that I'm reading now. It says, "quote What's deeply Online. disturbing." What's deeply disturbing is that France has written to the Secretary General of the Council of Europe making an official request to suspend their obligations under the European Convention on Human Rights because the country's, quote, state of emergency is, quote, likely to necessitate exemption from some of the rights guaranteed 
due to public danger that threatens the life of a nation. So basically they've, um, they're trying to remove themselves from a convention that is saying that you can't violate people's human rights. <laughs> like in other words, restrictions so to liberty must be proportionate to the threat that they're incurring. Okay, you know what's you know okay this this now that you're bringing this up um I'm remember it's funny how like there's just so much information thrown at us that mm -hmm. it's like I feel like I'm having like a couple like little aha moments mm -hmm, while you're mm -hmm. talking because I remembered things that I totally forgot until just now that they cl also said they closed the borders remember oh yeah On the, day, the day the attack happened but you know what was interesting they later French later, uh, authorities later came out and said that they f that that was a hoax. Really? That they didn't close down the borders. They wanted like people to, th they wanted to like make them like a terrorist panic or whatever to try to like escape the country. But I almost feel like they did close the borders and they're lying now or something. Like I want to talk to someone who is there who can t give um, like a real account of that. Because they're now they're saying that they never actually did close it and that was like a fake announcement they wanted to put out in the press. I thought it was just like right wingers being like we're going to close the borders and not let any refugees in, and then they no, were no, no, just no. like it was the no. French government announced it immediately. French government announced it that they were going to close them, and then the next day it was like no, we actually didn't really close them. Like that was they basically made it seem like that was like a psyop to get the terrorists to like panic. And then it was. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that. I just remember there was like a contradictory thing where they said they were going to close them, and then like apparently they were still going to allow in refugees. But I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the timing of that. This was like an emergency closure mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. the first 48 yeah. hours or something. Yeah. Like locked it down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they really did or not. But the other weird thing that happened that night, as it was building, like I was getting like a pain in the pit of my stomach, like watching the news that night. And not just because of like the tragedy and how fucking awful it was and how many people, innocent people died, but because I knew what the potential was for what could happen. Like things seemed to be getting really intense in the media and it all culminated with France saying that like someone in France, and I don't know if it was the president, I know it probably wasn't, but some other a French official said that they're going to try to declare Article 5, um, NATO Article Suspension 5. Suspension of, what is that? What? What is Article Five? The suspension of like, is that like Article Five means? Or? No, Article Five. If they declared it based on the Paris attacks, it would mean that they were attacked as a NATO ally by like another state, like wow. a de basically a declaration of war that NATO can go to war with whoever attacked a NATO ally. Mm -hmm. Meaning that all of NATO. Um, can respond to an article five declaration as if they're they have all been attacked right so that's a very intense proposal um because that would essentially mean that nato would now be like fighting in syria yeah like nato fighting in a proxy war against russia basically like in syria so imagine just that you know and then french was allowed um, the French mil uh, military like fleet was allowed to go in there like immediately and do these all these crazy bombing raids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had to. So they had to thought, get their bloodlust out. Yeah, exactly. Right. So my my thought when that happened was, oh my god, French planes might shoot down a Russian jet. Like during yeah. this like emotionally yeah. traumatic like two day period after the attacks, yeah. they're gonna let pilots go out there and like be involved in a situation where there's like russian jets like flying in the air that just seems really crazy to me yeah really crazy it is crazy so so that that happened right 
Article 5 didn't end up being declared. But then what happens a week later, two weeks later, Turkey, another NATO yeah. ally, yeah. downs a Russian jet. Almost like this was like inevitable. Yeah, somehow. yeah. I, like the, I mean, I thought it was going to be inevitable crazy, too. Dude. And then what was even crazier. So like, I think I was on a plane or something because I was in Georgia. And so I was like, I heard that Turkey had shot down the plane and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really bad. I was like, Turkey's going to have this like big, like about face. It's going to be mortifying. Like I knew that this was going to happen. And then instead it was like the reverse happened. Erdogan just doubled the fuck down and was like, yeah, like you were in our, it was like, they were happy about it. And like, proud that they shot down a russian jet it was like what oh i'm sorry i didn't know that you were like wanting to shoot down russian planes it was crazy yeah i i don't i i don't understand what turkey's motive is here but i i to me it almost seems like they're acting as this like really extremist faction of like whoever wants to really escalate shit yeah like in this community it's like Georgia and Turkey are like these wild card countries that like, I don't even, I don't know if Georgia is technically in NATO, but the fact that Turkey is, is like really shocking. I mean, I didn't even, I guess I didn't even know they were yeah, in NATO. Yeah, it's like, why are they in happened. NATO? It's like super yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's just insane. It like, look ridiculous. at what Erdogan did after the Gezi Park thing. He like shut down the internet. It was like, yeah, that's a, that's, that should be a NATO member. Like a disgustingly dystopian, corrupt government that's like extremely oppressive like okay great um one yeah, and, oh, keep going oh i just want to mention really quickly the, the paris attacks um i would i'm just reading right now that they actually banned public um dissent and like public protest on the internet too oh wow so like you wow. can't go on facebook right now in france and like talk bad against the government or anything the and the, and what disgusted me i mean after this was happening i know that you Fuck. were texting me saying like this is going to be so bad and we were watching the coverage all night and and what disgusted me the most is as before the blood had even dried i mean people were still getting shot i mean it was the most horrifying images ever of this like bezelin whatever theater you know heist or whatever where these people are running for their fucking lives so yeah like some it's i forget what it's called but this like pregnant woman's dangling out of the window and it's just the most horrifying thing ever people are still dying and there's a million sam harris assholes on twitter like tweeting at me jank uger and glenn greenwald and like whoever else is a per a regressive leftist like saying like how oh, are yeah, they gonna apologize for this how are they gonna apologize for this it's like damn dude you need to shut the fuck up because people are fucking yeah. still dying like you want to talk about fucking trying to rationalize your islamophobia right now that's when you want to do yeah, it but, great well, the blood is still running out of people's bodies these psychopathic little serial killer fucking eyed cultists want to go around and say shit like that it's like how could sam harris at this point not realize that his fans are actually really dangerous like right-leaning fake liberal but Robbie, look at his really tell scary. everyone please and i almost wish that you could like put this in splice it in somehow of him talking about the atomic bomb or i'm sorry oh, not in, the atomic bomb film? the atomic bomb's old school He's probably talking about the hydrogen bomb, which is like 3,300 times more powerful than the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. No, I'm, I mean, Sam Harris talking about how we might, you know, just a little thought experiment. He's just talking about how we might, because they have a culture of death, Robbie, because Muslims are martyrs and they live in a culture of martyrdom that they, if they get their hands on a nuke, we have to nuke them first. It's just a thought experiment. Just trying to say that we you know, we could face a situation where we have to nuke the Middle East, Robbie, because 
How could we rationalize with these people? How could we? There's never going to be a mutual assured destruction with the Muslims, Robbie, according to Sam. Harris. Oh yeah, because they believe that when they mm -hmm. die, they go to heaven, yeah. and 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 yeah. that's a death cult, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, that's the whole. That is the neocon like core. Um, that's like at the core of neocon belief, like Michael Ledeen and all of like the craziest, the, the craziest neocons. Like that's like their main thing. They don't want an Arab um, Middle Eastern country um, ruled by someone that's Muslim to have access to a nuclear weapon. That's yeah, because like I, I remember like this member of Condoleezza Rice. We don't want to wait till there's a mushroom cloud. I mean, this has been the rhetoric for the last decade plus. So I mean, isn't anyone, me, isn't anyone else over this shit? We're still going to use this? I guess this? I don't understand how if Pakistan got a nuke in the 90s, why I should give a fuck now about any like that's that's I mean, that's the situation there potentially describing is already exists. Right. And Israel has a nuke. I just don't so understand. Like, what? Yeah. Why? So, I mean, so that's okay, but like Iran, a much more civilized, like industrialized country, getting a, a nuclear weapon would, would be like the end, like the end game scenario. Yeah. But like Pakistan, a country that harbors, you know, allegedly thousands of terrorists and where bin Laden was allegedly hiding is okay to have a nuclear weapons program. It makes absolutely no sense. Right. Right. So it's, but yeah, fucking Sam Harris, man, his fans... I, I hope that he has enough self-awareness to realize at this point what he's leading people into. But again, I don't, it's like, I don't know if he know if that's his intention or not. Like, it's hard to tell if he's actually intending. I feel like Bill Maher is actually just dumb and racist right, and bigoted. Right. And he's just d a dumb fuck. Right. I don't get that feeling about Sam Harris. I actually feel like he is intentionally manipulating liberals by using like fear-mongering and base-level instinctual tribalistic like f like um, emotion to manipulate liberals into like hating Muslims and dehumanizing the people we're already at war with. Uh, and um, and Richard Dawkins is even worse because he's just like totally unabashed and he doesn't even try to pose these thought experiments or whatever, but it's just so funny. It's like, here's this like, you know, evolutionary biologist who just spends all of his time talking about rape and Islam on Twitter. It's like, dude, you should really spend your time like, like furthering the advancement of your study. But anyway, so instead, um, he, <laughs> the funniest like display of this Islamophobia was when that poor little, like a Muslim kid was building a clock, that Ahmed kid. And then he like got arrested because they thought he was a terrorist bringing a bomb to school or whatever. And Richard Dawkins actually had the audacity to say that the kid was pretending in order to create a nationwide hysteria, in order to pretend and prove that Islamophobia exists, that he actually concocted the whole thing, that it was like a fake, like he didn't really intend to make a clock. He just wanted the whole nation to, to create a story about him. Isn't that amazing? It's fascinating because... Um yeah, no, it is amazing. And like, I didn't follow the clock kid story like enough to really understand what everyone was talking about. But yeah, for some reason, it seemed like a bunch of people jumped on board this idea that it was like a hoax. Right. Like, like, but it's like, but it's like, I, even I, if it was a hoax, it's still that. So it still showed that there's Islamophobia, though. It's like, even if it was a hoax to prove that there was some sort of Islamophobic reaction that it, it did and there is so like what was the 
I mean, it just like none of it makes sense. You know, the logic of it being a hoax or whatever. It's like, okay, so it still doesn't disprove the fact that there was like an insane reaction to this kid. Yeah. No, he's he's like gone so far off the deep end. It's really actually interesting to look at his Twitter. There's a lot of weird people who I used to respect who mm -hmm. like when you look at their Twitter, you're like, what the fuck is going right. on? I'm not, not saying I ever respected or was a fan of Cher, but have you seen her Twitter? Cher? Yeah, like it's absolutely insane. Really? About like stopping all Muslim immigrants. What? Like American flag emoticon um, emojis like in her tweet. Yeah, it's dude, it's it's one of the weirdest fucking things you'll Whoa. ever see. Wow. It's like That's Roseanne's crazy. on steroids on Whoa. Twitter. Yeah. Damn. And then James Woods on Twitter is like he, I mean, he does seem like he's on cocaine all the time. Right. He like sued some Twitter troll for saying he was on oh, cocaine. Oh, dude, that's that's insane. Oh but he God. literally seems like he's on cocaine all the time, like terrified of Muslims, like right. sitting in his apartment, like snorting coke and just being like, ah, there's goddamn Muslims <laughs> everywhere. But he could have stopped 9 11 because like, cool he James. saw the dry run, B. Yeah, he saw the dry run. Saw the dry run on Annalena. And then called the and then actually used the word ragheads on Bill O'Reilly <laughs> to describe when he was watching the dry run. <laughs> Fox News is probably like, fuck, oh shit, we probably shouldn't invite him back. Like They love it. Um, let's move on to San Bernardino. San Bernardino is what the media is now calling the quote second biggest terrorist attack since 9-11 on american soil this is just another example of the hysterical empire baby syndrome where you know there could be a mass shooting every other fucking day but that i mean it is true that like these people were muslim and they and allegedly this woman posted something even though the attorneys say it was on another account or something about isis Oddly enough, like hours before they carried it out. I don't I don't know. I haven't seen the post. I don't understand why someone didn't take a screenshot of the post. You know, it seems like it would be a really easy piece of evidence to like put out there. But that didn't happen. And so now that is the only like tie in to now that they're saying that this was like ISIS inspired and, and whatnot. Um, it just seems very strange. It seems like to me, it seems like it's more about the guy's work i don't really know i've been fascinated and trying to read as much as i can about it it just seems like there's no real conclusive evidence of like linking this guy to any broader anything i wanted to read something that newt gingrich i'm going to speak to that in a second but i just remember newt gingrich when the paris attacks happened he tweeted like an hour like into the attacks um he says Maybe scale of the Paris attacks following Russian airline bombing and California terrorist attack will convince our leaders this is real war. November 13, 2015. So this was at least a few weeks, obviously, before the San Bernardino shooting. And here he is almost basically asking for a California terrorist attack, like wanting one, right? And then lo and behold, a situation happens a couple weeks later where... He now is saying that it was a California terrorist attack. Let me read it. What he actually said when he reacted to the San Bernardino shooting. Hold on. Um, give me one second. Okay, he says, Gingrich said of the San Bernardino shootings, what happened in California was an act of war. Um, that we need to stop thinking of these as random. We need to drop this notion that these are random terrorist attacks. What? And that this, yeah. How is so it like an this act is of an, war? How the fuck is it an act of war? Yeah. 
this is how, I mean, this is just how insane and unhinged people are. Um, he's, he continues on to say, this was an attack on America by people who want to destroy our way of life. There are thousands of cases of people who are preparing to wage war against the United States. I mean, this is just, just total nutty insanity. It, mm -hmm. It's even more insane to me than people saying that people are crisis actors. Like mm -hmm. it's beyond a level of insane beyond that, mm -hmm. because this is the same type of bullshit People were thinking that like Russians, that Russian spies were everywhere in the United States and that, you know, if someone among you could be a Russian spy and that they were going to plan to attack America. I mean, it's the same kind of wacky myth making. This is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Thousands of people who are preparing to wage war against the United States. Where? Right. Where are they? Right. And just days I mean, before that, some, ISIS... some guy shot up a Planned Parenthood clinic. It was like... Yeah, welcome to America. That every day we have another mass shooting. Like, this doesn't mean that someone's waged war against like the government. No, and it's and it's like this is not even. First of all, the Paris attacks were. I mean, it was a very clear cut of like a planned terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. Like it was designed to terrorize innocent civilians. You know, watching a concert, doing different things, coordinated. This is uh, just like a mass shooting uh, that didn't really kill that many people, similar to like, you know, 10 other mass shootings this year. The only difference is they happen to be Muslim. And then the media is now telling us that there's this deleted Facebook post from an alternate account of the woman saying that she pledges her allegiance to ISIS. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then it's getting to the point did, of, yeah, keep going. I, even if she did pledge her allegiance to ISIS, how does this make it any different from a, a another mass shooting, crazy people say crazy shit on the internet. Yeah, like the that's guy. That's the thing. It's like, why is this not an example of mental illness? Also, it's like, so like, can you also pledge your allegiance to ISIS in some like ridiculous Facebook post and also be mentally ill? Like, why does this always have to right, be? Right, oh yeah, right, they right, were right, serious right, right. jihadists committed to this cause. Like, absolutely not, you fucking moron. They were like, how could you speculate that? Right. You're imagining that there's some kind of cohesive, like, ideology that ISIS is like this, you know, this force. It's again, it's more myth making in the vein of Al Qaeda. But I think what worries me is ISIS has made it very easy for people to yeah. fall into this myth yeah. now. Yeah. ISIS has created this beautiful PR apparatus where it's like. Something Al-Qaeda never even bothered to do that's like, right. a, that really sucks you in. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, the, the, no, yeah, yeah. The, what, plan, what the Planned Parenthood say? guy said this is for the baby parts. Um, you know, I, it's like, yeah, people are insane. People who go and, and assassinate innocent people are not all there. Um, whether it be you're writing a post about ISIS, which I haven't seen, or you're saying that you're killing people because they you are trying to protect babies i mean yeah i mean this is this is the culture this is the sickness of the society that we live in and just because these people are muslim um it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me until until it means something you know and i just think that having the media jump on this and it's getting to the point of such ridiculousness that even like on cnn not even fox they're talking about how their baby was a prop it was like a prop terror baby that they had um, just so they can pretend that they weren't terrorists. It's like, what? Okay. Oh, like the, Why would they, they need the to have a baby? baby. They yes. were like sleeper agents to the yes. point where they had yes. like a baby yes. as a cover. Yes. 
That is fucking ridiculous. I took a screenshot of it. it says baby tear baby prop. And I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> Lower third. <laughs> like just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, and how, and let's go back a little bit. Let's go back in time a little bit. How strange is it that that vice ISIS special, like no one has even done anything like that since like that access with, with ISIS. But that, but remember you know, like it was someone who the vice, since they pay their reporters so little, I, I think that we talked about this before, right? I don't think that vice sent someone out to do that. It was like someone just sold that device. I mean, it doesn't, I don't know if it changes like the broader thing, but even but, still, no, yeah. even still though, but like, why hasn't anyone been able to get that kind of access since mm -hmm. then? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really, it's really fascinating that that sort of launched a lot of people's consciousness into this world of what ISIS mm -hmm. really was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do think parts of that video are definitely like exaggerated, you know, to the point where, that video showed ISIS with like riding tanks around Baghdad and shit, mm -hmm. like doing like donuts with tanks. <laughs> I mean, how many, it gives the impression that they've basically taken over like all of the Iraqi army's equipment. They have everything, but that doesn't actually seem to be the case of what their capabilities mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. um, I've watched a, enough ISIS videos to know that they don't have tanks or if they do they only have like a handful of them you know it's like mm -hmm. there's there's things about them that i don't think people understand that we're completely propping up the mythos that they're trying to prop up like even that vice special in a way did that because it, like there's no indication in it that they're just like showing off this you know this little stash of shit they got it makes it sound like they're a fully equipped army you know right um that completely took over iraq and uh it, it just doesn't seem to be accurate. Like if they really had all these tanks, I mean, they don't even seem to have like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, they have rocket propelled grenades, but I mean like the next step up from that would be like, you know, like guided rockets and things like books and things like, you know, like the Russian uh, separatists apparently have, but they don't have anything like that really. Mm -hmm. So there's all this, all this fear that they're going to shoot down an airliner. And that's like, this is like the new thing they're talking about. Like, is ISIS going to shoot down an airliner? Um, what, with what? You can't shoot down a commercial airliner with an RPG. It's, they fly at too high of an altitude. That was the whole argument about MH17. It had to have been something really specific that shot it down. Either an actual other jet or like a extremely sophisticated high altitude, like guided missile system. So again, it's just they keep trying to push us into these, these, these little different areas where like, oh, we're, we'd be afraid of flying again now. Like ISIS might shoot it down, or you know, going to just, a, a yeah. concert. Yeah. You know? um, but in like, I just went to Las Vegas, for example, and it's it's just so obvious that the fear of terrorism is so fucking hyped up here to the point of being almost complete fiction. Because there are so many soft targets in the United States. There are so many of them all over the place. More than potentially any other country on the planet. It's all really. it's all security have, theater. It, it really is. I mean, Black Friday, you, you have two men with AK-47s who are martyrs, for example, who don't care about dying. Go into a Walmart on Black Friday. You could take out 200 people easily. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just mean, saying, like, no, I I'm know. not trying to give any terrorist ideas, but like, 
if they really wanted to, they would already be doing these things all the time. Well, yeah. And then like, I've been, I've been taking trains lately and I realized how ridiculous it is that there's not even like a metal detector that you walk through to get on the train. And then there's just like all oh, yeah. these, there's all these like yoked out bros walking around in military gear with, and you're just like, wait, you aren't really doing anything. Like any of us can just have weapons that we just walk on a train with. It's just weird. It's like, why not just have a really basic security apparatus and then not have these yoked out dudes like steroided out walking around? Right. Like, that would be way more comfortable for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is something that I always bring up that if for some reason people just don't remember very much is right after 9-11 in New York, they had armed military yeah. in fatigues, yeah. like walking around the subways with machine guns and it didn't go away for like at least two years. But didn't it make two you feel years that better? Was happening. What? Didn't it make you feel good though? Yeah. It made me feel great. I was, it felt really safe. I'd never seen a machine gun in my life before. And when I first saw it, I was like, Oh God, I feel so much better. I had like a wash of relief. It was like an 18 year old, like, like, um, like trigger happy. Yeah. Like girl with glasses with the machine. I was like, Oh, that's fucking, Oh, yeah, I feel so good, safe. Good. It was great. Um, and, and on um, a side note, and this is a really <laughs> ridiculous article from the Washington post is just like how ISIS, you know, there's this mythos, like mythology around ISIS. And, and it's really funny because everyone in Iraq and who can blame them really like here we are, you know, guns blazing coming into Iraq again, already bombed the shit out of Iraq in the nineties, totally eviscerated the entire infrastructure, killed half a million babies on top of God knows how many other people. And then, you know, invade in 2003, kill a million Iraqis countries, totally obliterated. And then here we are again, bombing Iraq again. And, and the Iraqis don't trust us. Um, they actually think that we're helping ISIS. This is from the Washington Post. It says, on the front lines of the battle against ISIS, suspicion of the U.S. runs deep. Iraqi fighters say they've all seen the videos showing U.S. helicopters airdropping weapons to the militants. Many claim they have friends and relatives who have witnessed similar instances of collusion. Ordinary people have also seen the videos, heard the stories, and reached the same conclusion. One that might seem absurd to Americans, but is widely believed among Iraqis, that the U.S. is supporting the Islamic State for a variety of pernicious reasons that have to do with asserting U.S. control over Iraq and perhaps it's oil. <laughs> and then this one guy named Mustafa Saadi says it's, it is not in doubt who says his friend saw U.S. helicopters delivering bottled water to ISIS positions. <laughs> it's just I like... I mean, I think it's, it's totally believable either by accident because it's just right. like it's impossible to keep track of or I think it's totally believable that there might be some factions with inside the U.S. government that are directly helping them. But isn't, I mean, it, like, isn't it just like so? It's like it's like it's just so crazy to think that Iraqis like would want us to be there. It's like after we after we did what we did, why are we even there? Like Jesus Christ! It's like of course they're gonna even if even if this is all fake, like of course they're gonna think that we're trying to and like we're not helping them. Um, clearly we didn't go in in 2003 to stop terrorism. It had nothing to do with that. So of course Iraqis understand this, you know, why would they trust America coming back in and bombing the shit out of the country again and being like, oh, okay, well now at least it's like to fight ISIS. It's like, no, of course that's not the situation. But yeah, what were you just saying? Like even by accident, this makes sense that this would be happening if you're just airdropping and shit. Yeah. And, and let's think of, I mean, like break it down just a little bit more than like the, the idea the, the 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 conspiracy theory mindset tends to look at America as like one mm -hmm. entity, but 
in reality, I mean, there are these apparatus like within the U.S. government that seem to work completely independently of like what the White House is doing or what other entities are doing or what like, you know, even Mm -hmm. what people Mm -hmm. refer to as the deep state, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't I mean, like I I have no zero trust that the CIA or these like covert intelligence agencies are doing things in my interest, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. like so to 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 doubt that they could be fun, maybe like they're funding like they're doing something weird where they think like funding one part of ISIS Mm -hmm. or like helping one part of ISIS could like destroy another part of it or something like these people think in such weird strategic Machiavellian ways that I can't even begin to imagine what they're doing. So to like think that it's like a a total joke or it's like a crazy theory that the U S would be even directly supporting them in some way, I, I think is, is, is almost somewhat naive. It's like, it is very possible, but it's like, it's also a little bit ridiculous to go out there and pr- like proclaim that ISIS is like a creation of the U.S. and that it's all being funded by us. I mean, that's that's obviously not true, but it, what's actually happening, I think, is more interesting. It's like, for all we know, a proxy of ours could be funding them. Yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, like Saudi Arabia. We already know yeah, that yeah, they yeah. are in part yeah. funding and supporting them. So that does make us in some ways like complicit and mm-hmm. supporting them. So yeah, and- it's just... Yeah. It's, it gets very messy and convoluted when you take and you follow it all the way. And just so people, and I'll buy if all the people, fucking Toyotas, man, where did all those yeah. come from? That's where did all the so Toyotas weird. come from? Well, well, here's a quick little history lesson for people who for, might have forgotten: is that um, in Afghanistan, when we started bombing Afghanistan, uh, we were bombing Afghanistan with yellow cluster bombs and also dropping food packets wrapped in like similar yellow plastic. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. So that's what was happening. So people were, like children were actually getting blown up thinking that they were food. So I yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like crazy things that the U.S. does. Um, I doubt that they were. I doubt that that was like, you know, intentional that they were trying to blow up children with like fake food packets that were really cluster bombs. And it just shows you like the crazy nature of people who could be doing things. I don't know or who's making these decisions. Who the hell knows? Or even Abu Ghraib, like let's like best case scenario, that was just Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. you know, Stanford prison experiment. Let's throw a bunch of guards that are just low level privates in here to like, you know, run this prison. But you could also look at it another way. Like what if it was actually part of the intent of it to like sexually humiliate and like mentally traumatize these prisoners? like in a systematic way so that they would later just like continue, like become terrorists and want to f- kill us. Like, I mean, sometimes I, I think that where I'm like, did we do this to all these prisoners? Like, so that we could just make them so mad for generations that they would like hate us forever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it just seems so unnecessary. Right. Right. <laughs> like, do we really need to like play with their dicks at the same time we fucking had right. them in these like gulags with hoods over their heads? Right. Do we really need to do that? Like make them circle jerk each other yeah. and shit. Like it just seems yeah. so ridiculous. Yes. And yeah. I don't think it was just like bad apples or no. leaving the soldiers to their own devices. I really do think there's a memo somewhere we haven't seen <laughs> where it was like touch their dicks a little More bit. More electrocution. 
Yeah, like more, you know, fiddle with their dicks, um, you know, put things Spread in their asses. Blood like, on there's their probably face. a memo out there with some create some of the craziest shit you've ever seen. Yeah, and and um, I want to get it. Yeah, speaking about memos, if people are like listening to this podcast and they're like, you guys always blame everything on the U.S. and not everything's about they're not that evil and da da da. Well, just look at the school of the Americas, and I and I, I want to get back to this because I know we still want to talk about the San Bernardino thing, but that is a school. Uh, in Fort Benning, Georgia, that has existed since 1946. First, it was in Panama, and then Manuel Noriega like kicked it out, and that's where we ousted him. He used to be our boy, you know, cocaine trafficker, like Contra dude, and then we put him in jail because he basically didn't want to host the school anymore. So the School of the Americas is the school that's been training Latin American dictators and death squads that is responsible for like hundreds of thousands of like deaths. And installed all these fascist right-wing governments all over Latin America for the last like half century. It's completely destroyed the entire region. It has stunted the democratic processes of all these countries. God knows where they would be if this didn't happen. All to maintain economic hegemony. Even on the website of the School of the Americas, it says um, that we were we basically helped fight and crush like Marxist ideology across these these regions, which really translated to like just outwardly assassinating peasants and and poor people and like students um it's a disgrace there's actual memos of um like doctrines that they told to teach these people and it, it included torture and like wanton assassinations and detention like actual just human rights abuses and saying torture these people do this do that in the like literature of the school so going back to the you know the memo could have memo be floating around there yeah it could because we already know that this is like an institution that we've been exporting killers for the last 60 years and this school still exists even though the war on communism is long gone so it just shows you that you know if, if you if you want to step back and look at how much destruction and damage the united states has done to the rest of the world just take a look at this school and, and check out the latest empire files documentary for a real shocker yeah, it sounds it sounds incredibly disturbing. Um, I I need to watch that episode. I, I fucking I'm 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 slacking. Um, and I remember when you first told me about this, I was like, wait, what? Like this? I just didn't even. I I must have maybe heard about it, mm -hmm. but I didn't. I heard the name once. I didn't really realize what it was. Um, but I always I always bring up this little story. This is like my only real real thing I can add to what you just said is um. John Perkins wrote a book mm -hmm. called The Secret History of the American Empire after Confessions of an Economic mm -hmm. Hitman. And in it, he tells a story which he claims is totally true. And I've heard this story. It's kind of like one of those stories you hear, you know, like that's like the October surprise mm -hmm. thing with Reagan and Carter, where it's like you don't really know the full details of it, but you kind of know. And then once you finally like realize all the pieces, you're like, oh, that that kind of makes sense. Right. This is this is like a more of in the rumor territory, but basically John Perkins says George W. Bush's cocaine habit and womanizing ways caused the invasion of Panama in 1989. Uh, according to the book, Panamanian strongman Manuel Noriega installed cameras on Contadaro Island, which was a safe haven where American politicians and businessmen could smooze with and bribe Latin American politicos. There were rumors that George W. Bush was photographed doing coke and having kinky <laughs> sex during this time his father was president. Wow. Jose, a top advisor to Brazilian President Lula da Silva, tells Perkins, 
There was a theory in Latin America that Noriega had used incriminating photos of the younger Bush and his cronies to convince the older Bush, then president, to side with the Panamanian invasion on key issues. In retaliation, H.W. invaded Panama and hustled Noriega off to a Miami prison. The building housing Noriega's confidential files had been incinerated by bombs. Um, so I think I brought this up on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but how funny would it be if that was why we took him out? Like, oh my that God. it just was, could be re- boiled down to something like just like that. This is so ridiculous. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, he was definitely our our boy, you know, and he was obviously heavily involved in like cocaine trafficking and shit. And um, the 80s was a wild time, man. Like we <laughs> makes me wonder if how many government officials like were tested for cocaine would have tested positive back then. Oh, my God. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just so funny how like, you know, we we were like overseeing this notorious cocaine trafficker but then like when he did something we didn't like then it was like oh he's going to jail and it became this big yeah, yeah, story yeah, 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 it was yeah. like this is just one of like a hundred people that were just like running drugs for us um i wanted to say one more thing about the school of the americas is that mike told me this because he you know he's in like in the military so he knows that the u.s southern command there's like these different command centers over each part of the world they're like these massive military units that are designated to control every continent and stuff. And this is under the U.S. Southcom is the Latin America, this whole like school. And and their official patch, like the unit insignia, is the Spanish galleon, like the Columbus ship. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's like just so brazen. Um but yeah, I mean, the, the amount of people that have been killed, it's like ISIS. It's seriously like ISIS-style massacres once you go over these massacres that happened in the 80s. And of course, not only were they immunized because it was like this top-down training from the School of the Americans, but their own governments too. Like even Rios Montt, the the guy who was the first Latin American dictator you know, to be tried for genocide, even though that happened and it was like this monumental thing, the court rescinded its ruling just days later saying that he was unfit to like i don't know um so it just this happens every time where it's like even though some of these people will be put in prison for these crimes later on it's still either they don't serve full sentences or it's just kind of a show all the governments protect them to this day and the u.s of course is the top protector of these motherfuckers but i mean the massacres are so horrendous it's like one of them was 800 people in a village and then the the children were hung by their and their throats were slit. I mean, is that not ISIS style? Like, like just imagine that this happened with like basically our tax dollars funded all of these crazy ISIS style massacres in the eighties. Um, it's it's unbelievable, Robbie. And you know, and and then and then and then it goes back to the refugee crisis today, where the three top countries in in Central America, Honduras, um, Ecuador, and El Salvador, are all the countries. I don't know if I was fucking. I think I was wrong about that. But anyway, the, the top three countries that are like the murder capital of the world right now, other than Syria, are all these countries that we did this in, that we ha- we installed this like U.S. backed School of America's trained dictator that carried out like mass executions, torture, and and death squads were reigning in the country for like decades. So this is this is all. It just all is connected, and it's just so upsetting to hear people talk about like immigration without understanding that it doesn't happen in a vacuum, that all of this is connected to pretty much U.S. policy. And and I just read in Mexico that Obama has been actually paying 
tens of millions of dollars. And this is not even like a year. This is like a six month interim period in the first six months of this year, which means it's probably exponentially greater than this. But we've been actually paying the Mexican government to crack down, like brutally, viciously prevent refugees from reaching the border to like pretend or just to not deal with it. You know how Obama's um, drone architect, John Bellinger, came out in D.C. and said that Obama likes drones because he doesn't want to deal with the bad press of Gitmo. Well, it's kind of the same thing where he's trying to pay off the Mexican government to do God knows what, kill, torture, imprison these people um, before they reach the border so he doesn't have to deal with the bad press. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. SARS. So I just saw Jason Leopold tweet an article called uh, that that's the headline is the San Bernardino shooters were discussing an attack a year before they even met. And, but the weird thing is he didn't write this article. I, I'm, I, I'm confused because it says by vice, no, by vice news and Reuters is the like authorship credit. Um, and then in it, they have a quote from FBI director Comey, who's, I just can't get over how, familiar like how similar his name is to like coney 2012 <laughs> uh he said fbi director comey said going along with your idea that it's like a prop baby he said uh, it would be very very important to know if their marriage had been arranged by a military group as a way to carry out attacks in the united states although he said there was no evidence yet to indicate that <laughs> So he's like just suggesting just a, a thought experiment. Yeah. Like, what, was this like an arrangement? Like, was their marriage a front too? Like, mm -hmm. ba prop baby, prop marriage. It is yeah. very strange that they were able to live in that house with the mom there. Um, and the mom didn't see this bomb factory that was happening. But I, I don't really know. Um, I wanted to talk also about the, how the media reacted. Because what I find really interesting is the media obedience to the state and the police to just pan away. You know, they're, they're following these guys in the car. We're all watching real time. Um, Mike and I were just like, all right, what's going to happen? Like, we're seeing the car drive away. And then all of a sudden it just like stops and it like pans out. And, and I was just like, what the fuck just happened? And then they were just like, we're just respecting police. Like, we don't want to show you like what happens to the car or like what's in the car and it was like what but you'll barge into the alleged killer's house and like hold up id cards and rummage through their things it's like that's much more important for us to see the guns in the car you know to to see that this car was theirs and that they were armed with flak jackets and that they were armed to the t with ak's and what what else but instead yeah. they didn't show us any of that they just panned away from the car just showed this like crazy caterpillar style little like bomb unit going like at a snail's pace for like an hour toward the car and then as soon as it tried to pull something out it, the camera shut off so all of these it? things it's just like well why why won't you show us any of this but then you'll show us their home and like their like children's photographs it's just it, it's just a really strange like media frenzy that um i don't really understand it. it's like if you're gonna have a frenzy and just go balls to the wall then do it with everything I, I agree, but I just, I, I have a, I have an idea of why I think they do that. Like best case scenario, dead body the reason, 
Well, no, not the reason the media obeys. Like, that's more of a confusing, if that's mm-hmm. what you're telling. Like, why they obey mm-hmm. in those situations and, like, don't show things. And the police has them not to. But I think, I mean, it's a, it's probably, like, a fairly easy explanation of why the police ask them not to is because when it comes to, like, killing a terrorist, they don't want, like, anything even remotely to, like, throw a wrench into the idea that, like, they shot like a terrorist guy who like wasn't armed or something like that. Oh, you know, of course, like, yeah. Like they don't want to like blow a guy's head off in a in an SUV if he didn't have a handgun. Like so they want they just want to basically cover all bases. Just like during the Boston Marathon thing, mm-hmm. they they banned they actually banned news choppers. Mm-hmm. They did like a no fly zone mm-hmm. like over mm-hmm. the city, which is fucking really crazy if you think about it. Same with Ferguson. And, uh, Remember when the when they were tear gassing the media, they like did a no fly media yes ban yeah um that's that's always a really bad sign um that that to me that indicates that the police have decided to to basically like not follow the rule book and are gonna like do shit that's gonna be bad that's gonna make them look bad yeah it's like i'm sorry that after you like almost executed two innocent women in a car trying to chase down eric dorner um, that I'm a little bit suspicious when you, when you when I'm told by the media and like the state and police that are on the site that you that you killed these terrorists and that the car's theirs and that they have all these guns and stuff. It's like okay, well let's let's just let's see some sort of evidence or something because I know what's happened in the past. I'm just basing this on what they've done and what they do all the time, which is shoot randomly at cars that match certain descriptions and stuff. I'm not saying that these people weren't the killers or anything i'm just saying the way that the media acts and the way that the state has like aligned itself with the media where they just kind of understandably just say like all right just like don't show this or we're banning news coverage of this i mean i I don't think that's okay no i mean the media needs to not uh, listen to them i mean it's their fault for like obeying in those circuits and then it breeds all these crazy theories and then like a a thing that bothers me also is that it breeds all the theories that are of course popping up everywhere which is like it wasn't them and well sandy the crisis actors and all this stuff it's like jesus christ yeah sandy hook was the same way is that when you watch when you actually watch media footage of it, I can somewhat understand how mm-hmm. like really cr- like paranoid gun rights people would be like, why why isn't the media like showing us this? Because there's actually a part in it where it was like, what we're showing you now is not live footage. This is like stock footage from earlier in the day because the police have like asked us not to like right 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 choppers. And it's right. like at that moment, even I get like something ha- funny happens to me where I'm like, wait a second, what? Wait, what? Why are they not showing like? I mean, it, it triggers something in you to be suspicious. Like, why aren't they showing us this? It's totally understandable. Um, and you're right. It does breed. It, it totally enables those those paranoid thoughts to go all the way. Because in the vacuum, um, you can invent anything, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's just... it's. I guess what was really interesting to me about the San Bernardino thing is since we had been experiencing so many other mass shootings like throughout the year Mm -hmm. um, that I could tell instantly by the way the media was covering this, that it was not that they weren't, that the media was already like looking at it. Like it wasn't just another mass shooting. Right, 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 right. Like really, really early in the day, even before they had the guy's name. So that to me indicates that someone from in the U S government was leaking stuff to the press, basically telling them like, keep your eyes peeled. Something's like, you're going to want to like, beyond this story Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't tell him the details maybe they didn't tell him 
it was I think they hinted somebody in the FBI must have hinted or floated out to members of the press that this could be a like an ongoing terrorist attack. It's funny that Um, like even ISIS didn't even claim responsibility for it. It's like they could have I'm sure that the group or representatives of the group could have just said like, yeah, we're responsible for this. It's like they didn't even do that. Yeah, and like what would it, and like what would it even mean if like no, an ISIS nothing. Twitter account claimed responsibility? But that's like, but that's sometimes all it'll take, you know. It's like exactly. they couldn't, they didn't even yeah, have right? that to go on. Yeah, that which is just which is strange too. Obviously, that would be the first thing. Um, but I was you know I was thinking this yesterday. Like if I tried to make the do like a fake beheading video now and had like an ISIS flag in the background <laughs> of my video and shit, I could. Don't you think I could probably be arrested? Like like in today's climate. Right. And and why is that? Like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I shudder to think what would happen to you, Robbie, if that happened today. Yeah, but I mean, but, but why? Like, try to like figure out what did the, what is the specific reason why I would be actually potentially like. Like they could slap a real crime on me now, but they couldn't have back then. Mm-hmm. We were only three years out from nine eleven back then. Right. So what does that really mean now? Like, I I think it indicates something that's pretty scary that we're actually like creeping closer to this more draconian, you know, soft fascism um, state that we've possibly ever seen since right after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Like we're we are we are we, we somehow. It was like it went on pause, you know, at some point during the Bush administration, like the Islamic terrorism fear mongering kind of went on pause, you know, wasn't that hyped up. And then during most of the Obama administration, it wasn't that hyped up. There were moments where it was like the underwear bomber and stuff. Mm -hmm. But really, it feel like it's been taken off pause, like in the last six months. And we're now like accelerating again into this like very scary, unknown, hysterical uh, place it's horrible and then and then what's even crazier let's talk about donald trump and also i mean oh, this God. just goes hand in hand because Infowars is essentially like his pr arm now um i couldn't believe it when i saw that he was on Infowars, and basically the whole thing was just a circle jerk where alex jones was saying 90 percent of my viewers love you they endorse you we love everything you have to say not combating him anything and then what what exactly is going on here and then on top of that just the whole mantra has shifted like so radically and i know that we talk about this often just because you know you used to listen to alex jones frequently like i don't know a decade ago but it was just it just is really worth mentioning how he is just a complete fucking neocon shill that is now fear-mongering about Islam every single day, him and everyone on the website. It's shocking. It's turned into just um, the man, racist, the man misogynist, to... and Islamophobic insanity. And I don't know if it's because Drudge like, started promoting I, them or what. Well, it's, it's, it's like very complicated to figure out like why... If it's just a matter of selling out and placating to this bigger audience, this bigger tent that they've gotten now, it could be as simple as that. But yeah, the shift is very, very alarming. I mean, let's just put it out there. Like Alex Jones used to be one of the most skeptical like figures in the media about like the concept of the war on terror. Whether you thought he was crazy, whether you thought he was like totally nuts or, you know, manic or whatever, 
this that still can't be denied. He was one of the most prominent people going out there to get his audience to question the logic behind it and also like to poke holes in a lot of the official narratives about it. And now it's just that the narrative's all true. Well, once all Obama got into office, it was almost like the Tea Party brought in this whole new wave of like ultra right libertarian, like anti-tax, like patriot movement kind of Republicans. Mm -hmm. And they captured that audience. I think they sort of that was when they first really shifted to be more placating to the right. But then from there, once Obama got into office, we saw it get worse and worse where where Alex Jones used to like say the left right paradigm was was false. Like don't fall in for you know for this paradigm. Like we need to fight together on the left and the right. You know, once again, whether you think is crazy or not, that's kind of like a good value to instill in people. You know, just that alone. Like right. that's a very valuable right. thing. It helps you be able to not have loyalty to other political party to be able to see, you know, through the rhetoric when both sides are trying to battle out and using something as like a political football. That's like an actual important issue. But then he started to use words like leftist and liberal, like to describe things like in a negative context, mm -hmm. you know, and that was where I started to notice at first. And I was and I and I remember thinking, you know, that's kind of unfortunate because I feel like he's. I feel like most of his audience now probably hates liberals, like after the Tea Party explosion. But even still, like, wouldn't you still want to instill those new audience members with that value? Like, hey, look, guys, like the Republican establishment is actually like quite fucked up. But right, then, like, then yeah. he started promoting mm -hmm. Ted Cruz, you know, him promoting Rand Paul. Well, that's, wasn't, well, that's what uh, I was going to say is that Rand Paul, like I was like, OK, it's like assume that they're going to endorse Rand Paul and like Rand Paul and whatever we know that I have my dis differences with Rand Paul and we both do for good reasons but at the same time that was like okay like that that makes sense um Ron yeah. Paul Rand Paul but then all of a sudden like you were just saying it became every Tea Party member and now Donald Trump it became every Tea Party member and it also all, uh, yeah and and then the Donald Trump thing was like the very last thing but in between that for the last two years I think one of the biggest leaps Infowars made was they started to actually become like allies with Matt Drudge. Right. And the Drudge Report started to put Infowars stories as like top headlines on their main page pretty much every day. Matt Drudge started to come out and say that he that like this is the year of Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Like he's starting to like hype up Alex Jones like he's this almost like the new Breitbart or something. And um the articles and, are uh, indistinguishable at this point. Breitbart and yeah. Infowars. Well, you know, you know, it's scarily, and this is what brings us to Donald Trump, is actually Infowars now serves as this like ringer, ultra extreme right version of like Breitbart and Newsmax and all these other websites mm -hmm. now. If you really want to like think, like boil it down to that, it really almost is like Trump is to the other neocons and the other Republicans like this cartoonishly extremist anti-muslim person that makes all the other ones look less extreme by default right and in a weird way that's almost what infowars is doing right now too um but yeah the, you're the, totally the, right the the, the infowars shift it's something more than them just placating their audience it's something definitely more than that and i can't i can't you know i don't want to speculate on on exactly who I think may be funding them now or like who they're in the bag for. Cause I don't really know, but they definitely seem to be serving the power establishment in this country. hundred percent. And then you have like Paul 100%. Joseph Watson on Twitter, just like 
right after the Paris attacks just saying Islam's the greatest threat and like yeah we it wasn't a threat before but like now it is and all of them just talking about and even when Donald Trump was on saying uh that Muslims are the greatest threat Alex Jones was like agreeing with him and I was just like what is happening what is really happening it's so crazy and the Donald Trump thing you know at first I thought it was a joke because he gets in the race every time and then it was like American sniper it was like once you realize that it was like he was the front runner of the GOP. It was like American Sniper seemed like a joke and then it became the number one movie in America. And that's when you really realize the danger. You're like, oh my God, I, this many people actually do agree with Donald Trump. And I and I guess I was naive enough to not, it, even based on what you're saying, I didn't even connect it to reality. Like I, I know that that's true. I know the polls aren't made up. Like that's, you know, but for some reason it didn't connect like to me until I went and saw, like I went and saw Jim Norton do stand-up comedy on Friday mm -hmm. and he mentioned Donald Trump in the middle of his set and like you know the the fans of Jim Norton and like Opie and, and and Anthony the radio show are like tend to be more conservative you know like edgy mm -hmm. conservative people so not until I sat there and actually heard the audience in Com Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco cheer for Donald Trump did it really hit me that wow. it's like real shit and it's wow. scary Damn. It was extremely disturbing, like to hear people actually cheering for him and his position. And this was like the same day that, that Donald Trump announced the Muslim. I think it was actually the same day he announced that Muslim immigration ban. Yeah, yeah. The, it could like be at wrong. First, at was first, it Friday? At first he was saying all Muslims need to wear like Jewish style stars that we just need to all. You're fucking kidding me. Oh my, you didn't hear that? No. Yeah, he said that all God. Muslims need to be marked. Just like straight out of a chapter of Nazi Germany. And so that was Wait, crazy so enough. But then he announced that he just wants to ban all Muslims and like deport all of them, even if they're American citizens. See, I it almost makes me think that he is totally, this is all totally phony, but I can't mm -hmm. believe that because I know I see him talk. He doesn't seem like he's faking it, but like, did he even need to go that far? Like it I mean, doesn't even yeah. seem necessary. Right. Like for his campaign, like he right. was doing fine building up all this momentum like why would he even it's just it's insane hillary's that, like he would even do him. that who knows i mean maybe at certain at some point somebody was like look like can you like help us like i, I mean i don't know like it does seem like this is going to basically catapult hillary clinton directly to the white house you know I mean, yeah, like I mean, mathematically she's, she's not speaking, who has a better all. chance now with him going out there doing? Yeah, this? I mean, we thought Mitt Romney was bad. Like, if this lesser two evil two evils thing couldn't get any worse, then we're definitely at the peak right now. Yeah, and 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 if if like say like um you know if the scenario happens where it's Trump on stage with Hillary, she has the uh, the Trump card, which is basically <laughs> that he was a fucking fake ass Republican who like donated to them her and her husband for years. That's, I mean, that could like destroy, it'll like, I mean, what could he say to that? Like in real time in a debate, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that he, everyone says, oh, he's, he's, he doesn't back down and he's such a good debater and he's like so like strong as a public speaker, but I haven't even seen a situation yet where anyone's really like gotten in his face or attacked him in like a serious way, even during an interview yet. Like it almost seems like even all these reporters who don't like him are still like afraid of him on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I thought it was, you know, I thought what was funny is that he's never gone back at Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal is constantly attacking him on Twitter 
constantly attacking him in the press and, and Donald Trump doesn't even want to retaliate. That makes me think that Donald Trump's actually like afraid to retaliate against them because he knows that like those are the people that you have to at some point, you know, make it like friends with for the Republican nomination. It's just so um, rogue. I mean, Donald Trump is just so like the fact that you were saying, you know, Marco Rubio and all these people have to distance themselves and say, we, we don't represent this. <laughs> it yeah. Makes everyone so else then seem now they look sane, sane right? Yeah. To yeah, the yeah, normal yeah. public. Anyone um, but Trump. And they're not. That's my mantra They're very for dangerous. Anyone but Trump. But how <laughs> oh, like. Did you see Gavin McGinnis? Wait, wait, did really quickly. That? No. But how, how good would it be <laughs> if, like, it wouldn't be good. It would be horrible. But how, like, I don't know, like, how perfect would it be if Trump really did win and then, like, the empire was brought down to its knees? Basically, it would be, like, the perfect person to do it because it would be such a joke. It'd be, like, a reality star isolated billionaire who isn't even like really a member of the GOP who just comes in and becomes president you know it's like just amazing it's like perfect for the fall of the empire just some like reality star crazy billionaire guy it's it's the president we deserve I think yeah. someone someone said that to me on on Facebook when I posted about him but yeah who, so what did Gavin McGinnis say about him Oh, uh, uh, really quickly before I go into that, I just wanted to say that he said that Trump's Trump becoming president here would remember how we were saying when it was Obama versus McCain that at least if McCain won, yeah. that like the anti Bush, like yeah. like the momentum that was building against Bush would have continued. Yeah. Um, and that people would all realize like there's no mistaking that what this is. But with Trump, that I think that it would even be stronger where it would be so cartoonishly you know, fascistic right. in a lot of ways that it would be like, we would have no choice, but to like, like try to like fight against it or at least wake up. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I'm, I mean, honestly, like that's probably the best thing that can happen to our country right now. I know it sounds really fucked up and in a weird way, Machiavellian, but like, I want us to wake up. I'm more concerned of this slow, slowly encroaching, conditioning us to be okay with like fascism and no privacy and serial killer to, policy and serial killer policies if the serial killer was like instead of like hiding out really well and like cleaning up his evidence and like dexter style like putting saran wrap down and like cleaning up every time i want our serial killer to be like fucking raving mad in the streets right, swinging right, around right, a right. knife like splattered in blood yeah that's what i want yeah. my uh, the american serial killer, serial killer yeah, to look it would like because so it would be everybody the, the true face yeah true face baby. i want him to look like the killer clown from narc like yeah. like throwing around like that's a blood splattered fucking clown apron yep just crazy <laughs> no i agree i mean so the, but i i don't know i think it's going to be hillary and we will be basically under another eight years of essentially what we went on what went through with bush because now hillary by comparison to everybody else is going to seem like obama was to everybody else yeah like and i that's like really how creepy it's just crazy that people are now because of the climate that we're in people are like writing op-eds being like we know he like just like totally like just demoralized but still endorsing her it's really weird people are just like um hillary clinton's not the president we all want but like it's the president we need like that those kind of headlines and you're like damn not even like trying anymore because you don't have to yeah. because you don't have to try no and then no, the clinton never... foundation is just like like 
riddled with Saudi cash and all these like crazy um, monarchies and dictatorships just like fund Bill Clinton to give speeches and then the, the cash gets funneled back into the Clinton Foundation and then it's just so insane. It's so insane that yeah. this is the country we live in. And and there are also a lot of credible rape accusations against Bill Clinton, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is something we ever mentioned on the podcast. I know it's totally out of left field to mention this, but like, you know, we spent a whole podcast talking about all these. Um, oh, God. And now there's another one. Uh, James Dean, the hipster, feminist, women friendly porn star. But Robbie, you can't rape a porn star. Oh, my God. Could you, could you, know you believe I mean? that? You know, that poor girl, Christy Mack, who like almost died. She would have died if she didn't escape bloodied from the machine or whatever the hell that guy's name is the guy that's just like a weapon oh oh god and he's in court and he's in court laughing and blowing kisses at the judge and he's just like i can't rape a porn star this is a joke that's like his defense is that he can't rape a porn star so the fact that he like almost killed this woman because she had had rough sex for her job on camera that that was like okay to just rape her and and the james dean thing is similarly disturbing because of like he's like what i've always been into rough sex like i've I've never hid that it's like yeah but you you can't rape people understand but but we can wrap it up by bringing it back to montel williams who tweeted the other day that he will be forced to take up arms against his government if muslims have to (laughs) register in a database and that shows you where the country is at right now we're at a crossroads where if donald trump becomes president montel williams is going to be um with guns in the street. He's not even like a right winger. No, he's yeah. no, he's like a, <laughs> this is a fucking crazy. Yeah, it's great. So that's oh my so God. that's where we're at, man. Oh my that's God. That's where we're at. I mean, looking like living <laughs> like a militia person right now, like in the fucking middle of the Colorado mountains and like a compound's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like it's not looking that stupid anymore. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean like I don't mean I mean, I don't know what I would do if Muslims had to register in a database. I mean, could what would you do? I mean that um, we would, I, I wouldn't probably, be able to just I wouldn't be able to like sit idly by I think like I would obviously probably we would start have to seriously consider doing like like civil disobedience to the point where I would like put my life on hold right until right something gave yeah. you know yeah 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 like totally. like sitting in the middle of the street whatever it took basically yeah um and I think I I and I and I'd like to think you know maybe this is a pipe dream but i'd love to believe that people other people all across the country would too yeah i think that they um, would i think that they would, that would i think i think that if far. donald trump actually becomes president i i seriously think that the entire country who's not fascist or has like really crazy militaristic tendencies would all like just stage a giant massive civil disobedience like stop everything until he was somehow expunged from office like there's just no way that we would be able to like function as a society yeah i mean hopefully did you see him on snl know. dude no why wait what no yeah, dude he, he i saw i saw SNL. little memes of it I, I just couldn't accept that that was really happening so yeah i guess that happened damn and what was also weird is larry david has been on snl lately a bunch mm-hmm. and he's been playing bernie sanders mm-hmm. and like making him look like a total like idiot right like and which Honestly, like the first thing I thought was, is Lauren Michaels and Larry David like trying to like, (laughs) like triangulate a win for Hillary? I just, I, I, it sounds crazy to suggest that, but like, why would they even have him on SNL? You know, they had Hillary on SNL and they had him on SNL 
they didn't like really throw any like hardball any like all the shit they had him starring was like terribly it was just terrible um it wasn't even that he's just funny. a reality star he's it's it's unreal he knows nothing all he does is talk about china he doesn't like actually know anything about but it's just amazing that he's where he is like the fact that someone do- doesn't even have to really legitimately be a part of like a establishment party and they can just throw their hat in the ring and be like a billionaire and be like, I'm a Republican and I'm going to do this. And then they just get this far. It's extremely profound commentary on how fucked up our system is. It is. And the fact that like, he's one of the only billionaires like vain enough to like, want to do this. Yeah. Too. Like, I mean, there could, there's a hundred other billionaires lined right. up behind him that if they wanted to at any time, they could totally throw an entire presidential election. It's because he's the perfect character to just, like you said, legitimize the other person, you know? So I think that people like the Kochs and the George Soroses and all these, like, billionaires who are backing either Hillary or someone on the GOP side, they're just, like, loving the show, you know? Because Donald Trump gets to spend his own money and someone else is going to be president and it's going to be great for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could could be that. They could just all be looking at it from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. As the sideshow like it is. By all of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I got to go. Um, it was so awesome to talk to you. It's so good to talk about all this stuff. Um, definitely so much more to talk about. I know that we wanted to talk about like the, <laughs> you, you brought up briefly like the safe space thing and all that stuff. I want to talk about that in another episode. So we'll have to continue our conversation. But um, please, everyone, donate to mediaroots.org, support citizen journalism. My brother, and I spent a lot of time preparing for the podcast. My brother spends a lot of time making it sound really good. Um, check out the Empire Files School of America's episode that just came out on Telesaur English. Um, we have a bunch of other stuff that, that we're putting out. We have an interview with Lawrence Wilkerson, Colin Powell's former chief of staff coming out this coming week. And then we have a couple weeks yeah. off for the Christmas. So, And then check out That's my brother's documentary. Um, part two is coming out soon. Part two is coming out soon. Yeah, very heavy agenda. Part two. Um which will focus mostly on uh, the new Cold War um, rhetoric and, and just the new situation Russia is in right now with the U.S. Um, there's a lot of stuff about RT, um, Abby's in it, um, and it's it's called um, How We Learn to Stop Worrying and Love the New Neocons. <laughs> and it kind of goes into, like, who are the new neocons? You know, when you talk about neocons today, a lot of people will be like, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, yeah. like Cheney and Bush, they're gone. It's like, no, there's actually a whole fucking like army of little neocon minions who work for all these little online outlets. Some of them have graduated to places like Bloomberg and they're still pushing the line. And um, it's pretty incredible that no one is really paying attention. Um, but yeah, there's a whole new neocon push happening. Um, there has been for a while. Um, and I think this probably be one of the only documentaries that really even like illustrates what this new Cold War situation really is and how we got here. Right. Um, and I'm not doing that to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like nobody, it, there's really no other documentaries out. Yeah, because they rebranded themselves really well. Like they they just kind of like faded into obscurity, but they're still there, you know, more than mm-hmm. ever. So definitely yep. check it out. A very heavy agenda. Part two is coming out soon. Um, you can rent it. Um, check out mediaroots.org. There's a link to it on there. And um, I hope everyone has a great holiday. Oh, yeah. And also, I'm offering a little special on my art store that if you get over $50, you get a free t shirt. So, definitely still time to get some stuff for the holidays. Yeah. And DVDs of a very heavy gender are also available if you want to 
little stocking stuffer. They're twenty dollars um, for shipping domestically. They look really 20... good too. They're like super professionally <laughs> printed. Yeah, I got them. I got them pressed um, properly, and um, and if you would like this podcast to continue and you'd like to see more of them, um, please donate to uh, info at mediaroots.org, and um, make sure you put the uh, podcast in the description of the donation. So yeah, um, we know where to route the funds and totally. um, have a fantastic day out there and fight um, the bigotry and um yeah just all you can do is just build solidarity with with everyone and and just continue to combat the insane bigotry that's being thrown at us every day because that's what breeds to the massacre of so many innocent civilians every day whether it be yeah. us doing it or government and um and don't be don't be ashamed or embarrassed to call yourself a, a liberal yeah and that you you are very much uh, uh, sharing solidarity with the left side of the political spectrum because these days there is an increasingly strong alternative right-wing movement that a lot of the people in it are young and they're they sort of just go out there and try to shame and intimidate liberals into feeling stupid right um you know make us all seem like we're all these sensitive children who need safe spaces and who need language policing. In fact, most of us aren't like that. We're pretty um, strong people who have very strong political ideologies and we are just sick of this fucking bullshit right. being done in our name. Right. Um, so if you encounter like an alt-right contrarian person who's trying to tell you that Islamophobia is like a made-up like concept because shit, there's no race. Just tell them race. to fuck off. Like, don't even <laughs> debate with these people. They're fucking garbage. Right. Just tell them to get the fuck out of my face. Right. Period. Right. Um, like Gavin McGinnis. Like, if you see him go online, this is the co-founder of Vice, uh, go, go talk about Donald Trump and, and ISIS right now. It's almost like he's doing a parody of like a completely crazy right wing person. These people are not, you do not debate them on their terms. Yeah, stop are, letting them hijack the threads down. and hijack the debate. Yeah. Like, they should be shouted down and ignored and basically like shame because they're fucking ret blatantly retarded. Um, so that's uh, that's the end of my rant. Yeah, and it's like in the wake of anything, I know that people are scared. And when things that are scary happen, people get wrapped up into this stuff but just like keep a level head because really um we can't let anyone dictate this this narrative and we can't let like the fear win you know and so keep supporting all these military interventions because it's just going to keep breeding the same shit um that's why isis exists today so just keep history in mind that's what we're trying to do with the empire files is like build the context to every global situation that there's a history to it usually involves the empire <laughs> Um, and it's really important to understand how things are the way they are. Um, and it's really sad that we're so fucking ignorant and it's time to change that and really take agency over our own minds and our lives and, and the future of this country and the planet because it's not looking too bright right now. No. And, and, and just try to keep a, a clear head out there because... Um, everybody is being affected by this new mm -hmm. media climate, like new Cold War push, more fears of Islamic terrorism. Everybody becomes dumber um, by default. Right. We, we, the media framework becomes narrower, becomes more sensationalist. It becomes more jingoistic by default across the board, even with the liberal, you know, yeah, and then they're just reacting the to the right wing. So it's like, yeah. So 
we just really need to realize what's happening to us here and then we have never seen a push or a shift like this in the media landscape and in the climate in our country since you know perhaps the the 1950s um and mccarthyism in the mm -hmm, cold war mm -hmm. and it may not seem that bad now um but it's it's um it's it's bad it's bad and actually back then less corporations i mean more corporations owned more of the media there was more of a diversity in the ownership now we even have less so think about it that way if the media was so propagandistic and so clearly yeah. anti-commie pro of capitalism pro-american back then and it had more diversity and ownership and it was all corporate controlled then what does that mean now right you know why do we imagine that we're living in this landscape now where we have this totally free diverse press where everyone's like able to speak their mind it's actually not the case at all right um and as soon as you you fall into that and are naive enough to think that you're actually putting yourself in an extreme disadvantage of how to fight what's happening um, and I just think we all need to realize that, like, we are being indoctrinated and propagandized on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's talk Fox more about News. media propaganda and the, and the book you're reading and stuff next time. Um, yeah. Awesome to talk to you, everyone. Just, yeah, just be nice to each other. <laughs> be good to each other. All right. Love one another. <laughs>